0: talked about this morning, you guys, um, the cliffhanger of uh, what a problem we have if we're still part of the world, if we're still of the world. Way worse than maybe some of us thought, remember? Because we have a problem with this three-letter word that's a huge problem, but only three letters, and that's what? Sin. sin. And sin, we've all sinned. Sin is our master. We're slaves to sin. I mean, sin owns us and makes us do whatever it wants us to do. And it has a goal of giving us death. And it does that, does a good job at that. And there's nothing that we can do about it. Remember the last thing, there's nothing we can do about it. Sin's way, t- chapter eight, there's, sin is way too powerful and we're way too weak. But there is somebody who did do something about it. If you've been in church for a while, you already know who did something about it, which is who? Jesus. God did something about it. John 3.16. I, I think I said this last night. I said, hey, some of you know John 3.16. Uh, uh, how many of you would say, I, I basically know what John 3.16 says? You learn it if you're in Sunday school, but I'll just go over it, you guys, at least in one version in my mind. So there's a lot of versions, but here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that anybody who believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Does that sound familiar to some of you? Yeah. yeah. So just think about it. So that's, that verse, the reason why you learn it maybe when you're a kid is because it really is a concise version of what God did. God so loved the world, and we know that's not the planet. That's the people. That's the culture. That's everything that we are. All the people. He say, man, you guys are slaves of sin. I want to do something about it. I love you enough to do something about it. That he gave his only son. That we're giving, giving his only son. is talking about giving him as a sacrifice. See, see we... Guys, we deserve death. Not only does sin want to kill us, but we're actually under the wrath of God because of our sin. He's a holy and righteous and just God. And justice, justice for our sin, This is just a just thing for, for us if we have sinned against God, deserves death. So there's a problem. So if, if, if God's wrath doesn't go on us and God's punishment doesn't go on us, then he's not just. Unless, unless somebody decides to take the wrath in our place. And that's, if you're going that, what does Jesus on the cross mean? It's him being a substitute for you and a substitute for me to say, I will take on all the wrath that you deserve for your sin so that God can still be just by pouring out his wrath and you could still be saved because I'll get it. I'll take it all for you in your place. There's something else the Bible talks about when Jesus died on the cross and that, it, that, that he was the redemption for us, redeeming us or the price that was paid to set us free. Now we know what that means. I think we know what that means because sin as a master owns us and just think about anything else that somebody would own. The only way that person cannot own the, that, per, that, that, that thing again, or from any any time forward, is if they sell it. If, they, if somebody else buys it from them. And Jesus' death on the cross was a payment. A payment that none of us could pay. We could never pay enough to set ourselves free. It was a payment that was given to be able to set us free from sin, so we don't have to have sin as a master. We can have a new master, Jesus. And Jesus is a way better master. We're going to see that today. He has a whole different plan for us than when sin has. But you guys, this is what I discovered a long time ago, is that nobody is independent. Nobody is making decisions for themselves. No one. No one on this planet. We are created to be dependent people. So we're either going to be dependent on one of two things. We're either going to be dependent upon Jesus, God, or if we're not dependent upon him, what are we dependent on? Sin. Those are the choices we have. We don't have the choice of either be dependent upon God and being independent. That's a lie. That was Satan's lie to Adam and Eve. You can be your own God. You could never be your own God. We're not built that way. You either have to to choose your God. Sin or Jesus. And Jesus says, I paid the price so that you can now have a choice. Before you couldn't even have a choice. You could only choose sin. So then it says in that verse that God gave his son. We know what that means now. As a substitute, as as a ransom for us. Set us free. So that... Anyone who believes, what does it say? In him won't perish but have everlasting life. We talked about believing. what does believing in him mean? Jesus actually explains it in Mark chapter 8 a picture of what it means to believe in him. What, is it, what do we do now? Jesus did all the things that need to be done about sin that we couldn't even do anything about. But now the question is, what are we going to do about our sin? Jesus did that. What are we going to do about Jesus who did something for our sins? Because we can choose to still be a slave of sin if we want. So here's what it says in Mark chapter eight. This is one of the passages, you guys, when I was a senior in high school, it just wrecked me. And for a year, I wrestled with this, for a year. And it says this in verse 34. Then he, that's Jesus, called the crowd to him along with his disciples. So he calls everybody to him and says, hey, here's the deal, everybody. Whoever wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Okay, if you want to be with me, you're like really with me, he says you have to do three things. Did you catch it? What's the first thing? Anybody wants to be as a disciple of Jesus, anybody want to be with Jesus, what do you have to do? Deny yourself. The second thing is, and take up your cross. And the third thing is, and follow me. Now, what does that all mean? What does that mean? First of all, what does it mean to to deny yourself? I always thought like, I don't know. Is it like when you're on a diet and you deny yourself of ice cream? You know, like I'm gonna like, is that what it means? Like, how do you deny yourself? The word actually means to say no to. That's all the word deny means to say no to something. He says, if you want to, if you want to be with me, you have to say no to you. Well, what does that mean? Like literally? Hey, no, PJ, no. What does that mean? So you guys, th- this is what I found out that it means. It means that you guys, that instead of like my life being, I'm just saying yes to PJ, everything that PJ wants, everything that PJ, wants, every- I'm just going to keep saying yes to me. No, it's not about me anymore. The universe doesn't revolve around me. I'm not at the center anymore. It's not about me. It's just saying it's not about me anymore. That's really hard to do. But he says, if you can't do that, you won't be able to do anything with me until you're ready to give yourself up. He says, you got to say no to you. It's not about me anymore. Then he says the second thing. What's the second thing he says? And take up your cross. Again, is he talking about literally? You're taking up a cross? Hey, oh, we can tell other people that are followers of Jesus because we're all carrying crosses hey, you're a follower of Jesus. No. Take up your cross would have been something that people in the first century would have known what he meant. And when somebody ever took up their cross in that first century under the Roman Empire, it meant that they were going to die on that cross. Everybody that was going to die on a cross, it was one of the worst ways that criminals were put to death by the Roman Empire and what they would do is they would make that person that they would put on a cross to kill them, they would make that person actually carry that cross to the place where they were going to be crucified as even more of just a humiliation for them out in public. And they would carry the cross knowing that this is the cross I'm going to die on. So when Jesus says, hey, if you want to follow me, you have to say, it's not about you. In fact... Here's the deal. You, it, it can't, it's got to be so much not about you that you have to put yourself to death. Like, you, you have to kill yourself. Now, does he mean that literally? No, because the next sentence, the next phrase is what? And do what? And follow me. If, you, if he means literally, we can't do the third thing. So he doesn't mean it literally. He's saying something like, what do you mean by this? What do you mean to, you have to put yourself to death? This one I really was really tough for me. I'm like, how do I, how do I make myself die? I don't, what, what, does that, what does that mean? And then I started thinking about it, you guys, and here's the easiest way that I could, I could remember or think of it. How many choices does a dead person make for themselves? None. How much power does a dead person have over themselves? None. A dead person really honestly has no control over themselves anymore. They're just a body that somebody else can do something with, but they can't. Jesus is saying, look, when I say to say no to yourself and it's not about you, I really mean that it's not about you. I, I really mean, you have, you have to look at yourself as, as, as dead. Like you, you have no more power over yourself. You have no more decisions to make for yourself. You have to be able to let go of your goals, like a dead person has to let go of their goals. All the choices that you would make, you're dead. You don't make those choices anymore is this pretty intense? Then he says, see, this is way different than when I was five years old and the, and the Sunday school teacher told me to pray a prayer. Way different. And then he says the third thing, because I think if I'm not the one, if I'm saying no to myself, it's not about me. If it's not about me, who is it about? If it's not me making decisions for my life and me not having the control over my life and me making the choices for my life, then who's going to make them? And that's why he ends it with, and do what instead? And follow me. You know what he's really saying? Hey, th- this is what he's really saying, it's simply as this. Stop following you and follow me instead. You guys, like, stop following you, follow me instead. Stop believing in yourself and believe in me instead. Stop trusting you with your life and trust me with your life and your decisions and your choices and the direction in your life. When you say, "Oh man, what does it mean to believe in Jesus?" It's going. What do you? What does it look like to believe in somebody as your God? Because that's what it is. He's saying you need to believe in me as your master. That's just it. That's who I am. He's Lord. He's master. So that's who I am. Will you trust me? Will you trust me as your master? And I thought, when I read that, you guys, when I was a senior, again, it just hit me because a lot of other places, too, where Jesus was always asked about, well, how do you get eternal life? And one guy, says, you have to give up all your possessions and everything, and you have to just, and follow me. And I was like, what are you, what? And stuff like this, that I went, man, this is huge. This is, this is big. This is me giving my life to Jesus. That's what this is. That's that kind of faith. It's that kind of trust. And I thought to myself and I thought, Jesus, why does it have to be that big? Like, why does it have to be that drastic? Why does it have to be that kind of a decision to make? Why can't it be like what I thought when I was in Sunday school? Why can't it be that I just believe that you died on a cross for me and for my sins and I'm really grateful for it. And I'll even sing worship songs to thank you. And I'll be really, really happy and I'll, I would just, I I mean, I'll just, I'll I'll bow down and and praise you, but give you my life. Like, why does it have to be that? Why can't it be that I can just thank you and praise you for what you've done, but I get to keep my life? And it's like Jesus was reading my mind. And with this crowd, he doesn't just say, you got to give me my life. And then he drops the mic and walks off. He tells him Why? Why does it have to be this drastic? Why do you have to give me your life? Why do you have to give up your life to me? And he says it, look at the next verse, four. And that four just means because. Verse 35, he says this, because whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, that just means the good news for like, the sake of what he's done for us and gives up, give our life to him, that, that person will save their life. He's saying, if you keep your life, you're going to lose your life. But if you give your life up to me, you'll get life. And I thought, and I said to Jesus, you got it backwards that's backwards. The reason why I'm having a hard time is because you're telling me to give up my life. I'm going to lose my life. If I keep my life, then I have my life. Does that make more sense? If I give up my life to you, that's when I lose my life. And Jesus goes, no, one of us is right and one of us is wrong. He He goes, no, think about it. And then it hit me. What hit me this morning the reality, the true reality is this. If we keep our lives, we own our lives, we keep our lives for ourselves. Who owns our life? Do you? Who does? Sin. And what is sin going to give us? Death. If we keep our lives, we will lose our lives. Wow. If you give your life to me, Jesus says, I will give you life. I'm a different kind of master than sin. Sin's objective for you and goal is to give you death. If you follow me and you give me, my, give me your life, my goal for you is to give you life. Real life. like Really true life. How you were meant to live. The purpose you were even created. How you're supposed to live. That's what I'll give you. So if you keep your life. Look, the reason why you have to give your life to me is because you can't just say thank you, Jesus, and then go on with your own life because you're not, you don't own your life. You have to make a decision on who owns your life. And it's only between two. Sin or give your life to me. And I'll take your life, and you don't have to worry about sin and the consequences of sin, because I'm gonna deal with that. And then I thought this, you guys. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I, and I was really honest with Jesus. I went, okay. But, maybe some of you would be thinking the same thing. Jesus, I have a lot of plans for my life. I don't think they're bad. But I have things and goals and dreams. There's things that I wanna do. And I've heard that you're pretty radical, and he is. And I think that if I give you my life, you might actually take some of those dreams and goals Away, And you might replace them with different goals and different things. And I don't want to give up what I want to do. Is that something familiar to anybody? Just being honest. And then Jesus, like he's reading my mind. He says the next thing. Look at verse 36. It's crazy. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? What is he saying? He's saying, you know what? I'm not even gonna say, he's going, I'm gonna give a hypothetical. Not even that you're part of the world, not that you're even of the world, but you're in control of the world. Everything that you want to have happen in life, happens. Now, who that, that, that's never gonna happen, right? That's not, that's not gonna happen. But he says, let's even pretend, the best case thing for you. Okay, PJ, you have these goals, you have these dreams, you have these ambitions, you have these, these, these things you want to have, to have happen in your life. Let's pretend that they all happen. And they all can happen. You gain the whole world. Everything that you could get, you get. Go, oh, wow. What good is that? Even if you could get everything that you wanted, what good is it if you have to forfeit your soul to get it? In other words, if you gain everything there is in life, so you have to own your life to do that. you're, You're saying you want to be in control of your life, you want to own your life? Yes. Okay, so you get everything you want. Here's the bottom line, and he goes right back to the same thing. I couldn't get away from this. If I own my life, who owns my life? Sin. And what is sin going to do with me? Give me death. Kill me. Separate me for eternity. What good is it if you get everything you want, but you don't have your own life to even enjoy it. That, you, that in the end, it's even more sad. What if you gained everything you could get? I mean, you have tons of everything, everything there is. Things, whatever, dreams, whatever it is. And then suddenly, in the end, it's all ripped out of your hands. And you lose it all and you spend eternity separated from God for eternal death. Jesus is just saying, what good is that? Think about it. That's actually even more sad. Working your entire life for things that you're just going to lose at the end. Because give me your life. I'll give you things that last forever. And it's better than anything things that you can come up with anyway. I know more and better for your life than you do. Trust me. And I thought, Jesus, there's actually one more thing. And this is what it really comes down to. I was really going, okay, I'm going to go, bottom line, here it is. Jesus, it's my life. It's the most valuable thing to me. And you're just asking me to give it to you. Oh, just give me, It's it's not that simple. It's my life. I don't even know if I can put a price tag on my life. And you're just asking me to give it up. And Jesus goes, I know. And he says in verse 37, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What does that mean? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What does that mean? I didn't know what that meant until I found out that the word exchange is is like a, a, a business term. It's, it's, it's how much would you take in order to give up your soul, to exchange your soul? How much would it take, how much money, how much would it take for me to offer you, for you to give me your soul, your life? If, if I told you I'd give you a thousand bucks for your life, would you give it to me? No, I wouldn't either. A million? Fourteen trillion? You said maybe you just fell for the, you just fell for it because you're not thinking about what, what it actually means. Because here's the deal you wouldn't take anything. You, there, there's no price. Because in fact, the higher the price goes, the more ridiculous it is. I'm gonna give you 14 trillion dollars, and you're gonna give me your life. How are you going to enjoy the 14 trillion dollars? Oh, I didn't think about that. You're giving up your life. Your life is priceless. There's no, no, mon- there's no one. No, there, there's no price tag on it, you guys. It's just, it's dumb. And Jesus says, so what would you give in exchange for your soul? And he's really saying it as if the answer is, there is nothing that you would give in exchange for your soul. Nothing that you would take in exchange for your soul. There's nothing, to, there's no price. And I'm going, Jesus, that's my point. That's my point is that there's, there, it's priceless. It's so, there's no way, it's, it's so valuable to me. And Jesus goes, no, that's my point. And then he hit me. If your life really is that valuable to you, like if your life really does mean that much to you, doesn't mean a lot. If it really does, why would you keep it? Knowing, and he goes back to the same thing I can't get away from. Knowing now the truth that if you keep your life, who owns your life? Sin. And what is sin going to do to your life? Destroy it. If you really valued your life at all, why in the world would you keep it? Give it to me. I know how much your life is worth. I know. I created you, is what Jesus says. Give me your life give me your life. Give me your life. Do you see how I struggled with that for a year? It's hard. I couldn't get away from it. It just kept coming back in my head. I couldn't, but I kept wanting to do my life. I just wanted to keep doing it. I, there were some things that I, I knew that if I gave, it, gave my life to Jesus, he would say, you can't have that anymore. You can't do that anymore. You can't do, you know, I, oh, it was killing me. And at the same time, I I knew the truth. I could not escape it. I knew, I knew my life. I knew I was a slave to sin. I knew it. And I knew that sin was going to destroy me. And I knew my life would end. I knew it. And it's as if when this happened for a year, so I'm halfway through my freshman year in college. And I remember struggling this with Jesus. It's like he was standing before me. And all he was doing is just standing before me and say, are you ready yet? It's like, that's all he was like kind of doing in my head. I was like, he's just standing there going, PJ, I did everything for you to have real life. Will you give me your life? And I kept saying, but Jesus, it's I have these goals, I have these things. I know you're probably not gonna have me do the same things that I have the, the plans for. And Jesus said, You're right. I'm pretty radical. Will you trust me? But it's my life. It's my life. It's priceless to me. I know. I know what it's worth. Will you trust me? And then I started thinking about it's like sin as a master, is just right over here, and then there's Jesus. And it hit me that this whole time, I knew I'm a slave to sin. And I, I realized that this master would give me everything that I wanted. That's why I was so attractive. This master sin is gonna give me everything I want. And I would say, Jesus, I don't think you're going to give me everything I want. And he says, no, I won't. But I'll give you everything you need. And this master d- gives me everything I want and not one thing that I need. This master's standing there saying, I, I'm not going to give you everything you want. Because some of those things you want are not good for you but I will give you everything you need. This master told me everything I wanted to hear. Everything I want to hear, sin tells me. And it doesn't tell me one thing that I need to hear. This master does not tell me everything I want to hear. But he tells me everything that I need to hear. I started thinking about that, and I thought, what am I doing? And I looked at Jesus. I looked at myself, and one day, halfway through my freshman year of college, I said, okay, I'm going to give you my life. take it. And I didn't have to fix it up. I didn't have to change anything. I couldn't anyway. And Jesus says, thank you. And he took my life. And he has not given me everything that I've wanted. He's given me every single thing I've needed. He came through exactly with what he said. He he does not tell me everything I want to hear. Sometimes he tells me things I never want to hear but he always tells me everything I need to hear, always. And he's making my life the way it was meant to be. And I'm no longer a slave of sin. At that moment, I've transferred from being a slave of sin to now having a new master. And now Jesus is my master, and he turns around and calls me his son. And adopts me into his family, something that sin would never do. And it's all been different since then. What about you? Some of you guys like me, been in church forever, know everything about Jesus. But somehow you're trying to do this juggle thing of I'll have Jesus just enough in my life that it, maybe it'll get me through. But you know deep down who owns your life. And it's been you. And now you found out this morning it's not even you. It's sin. Unless he owns your life. Some of you, maybe this is the first time you have even heard this. you know it's true you know it's true so you guys I want to give you an opportunity tonight right now right now I want to give you an opportunity for many of us we've already given our life to Jesus Christ and this was a great reminder wasn't it oh yeah that's right what am I doing taking my life back it's his great reminder But for some of us, maybe, I don't know who it could be, you've never truly given your life to Jesus Christ. And you know it. And tonight you're going, I can't keep doing this. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, in just a couple minutes, you guys, I'm gonna ask you to stand where you are to just say, in front of everybody. Hey, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. I understand I'm a slave to sin. I understand what it really now means to believe in Jesus, not just stuff about him. And I am ready to give him my life for the first time. And if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to stand. You're thinking, man, how, why are you asking us to stand? Because you guys, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that if you stand up and here, everybody around you will be incredibly excited for the decision you're making. And, if, and if, if you're not willing to stand up in front of people who will accept you, I don't know how much harder it's gonna to be to stand up out there in the world that's totally different. So it's gonna give you a chance to go, you know what, no, I'm really making a decision. It's gonna make you know you're really making that decision. If, here's the deal you guys, when I ask you, and I'm not asking you to stand yet, I will in a second if you're going I need to give Jesus my life and I haven't done that don't stand because somebody else stands up oh they're going to stand okay then I'll stand too this isn't about you and somebody else this is about you and Jesus Christ so don't go, don't go oh, I'll stand if somebody else right now you decide right now you decide Do I need to stand to show that I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ for the first time and trusting him with my life? I will say this too. Don't stay seated just because somebody else is staying seated either. This is you and Jesus, not you and somebody else. So if you know, you know this message was for you, you went, that's me. And I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. And I haven't before. I I really haven't. But I need to. Will you stand up where you're at? Don't stand because somebody else stands. Don't stay seated because somebody else is staying seated. This is you and Jesus. This is your life that you're giving up. Everybody that's a follower of Jesus that's sitting down. I know you want to give these people a hand, so just go ahead and do that right now. Stay standing. You guys that are standing, stay standing just for a second. I want to tell you something I you're an example to me and I'm, t- I'm gonna tell you why I didn't have the guts to do what you're doing until I was a freshman in college because what you're doing I think you guys know this what you're doing right now is the most humble and courageous decision anybody can make it's humble because you guys know this you're standing for everybody saying I'm a slave of sin, I'm weak, I can't do anything, I'm helpless and hopeless without Jesus Christ. That's what you're saying, right? I, I, I can't do anything about this. I need Jesus. That's humbling. And it's also the most courageous decision you are make, because you guys understand, you, like a lot of people that are sitting right now that have made this decision in the past, you, you realize you're giving up your life to somebody else now, right? That's scary going to, I'm not going to be over my life anymore. That's scary. And it takes a lot of guts to give your life to Jesus Christ. But I'm going to tell you this, as you're giving your life to Jesus Christ, you guys that are standing before this moment, you were slaves of sin. But now when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are also set free from sin and you have a new master that turns around and calls you his child. I want you to know that. So you guys that are standing, I want you to do this right after we're done singing this last song. And I think for some of us, we're gonna sing this song and we're gonna mean it for the first time. But after we sing this song, all of you guys that are standing and maybe counselors, you can help out too. Will you go to your counselor and say, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. And you and your counselor have a great conversation. And pray together, okay? And talk about where you go from here. Is that cool? Okay. How about the rest of us stand? Let me pray for us and we'll sing an incredible worship song, maybe for the first time meeting it. God, thank you so much for this time tonight. And I pray that as we worship you and as we leave here, that we would, that people that know these people who are standing would we'll give them a hug would tell them, I'm so, thank you, welcome to the family, and God, that we would have a great time of so what, and we'd have a great time of celebrating, because I know you are celebrating right now for people who have come back home and have decided to follow Jesus, your son, and we're so thankful, and I know you're having a celebration even now for these children who have returned back to you, and we celebrate along with you, God. In the name of your son, Jesus, who did everything for us, amen. amen.